This is Eric Corey, and I just might be that threat to democracy that everyone's talking about. So before you listen to this podcast, be advised, I could be that one thing that tips the scales and ends democracy. I hope so, but I just don't have that much pull. You see, this latest boogeyman created to keep us at war is a talking point that is so flawed it, it feels sophomoric to even have to point it out. First of all, the country you worry about being threatened is not a democracy. For if we were a democracy, the entire country would be like Los Angeles or New York. If we were a democracy, the most highly populated areas of this country would rule the nation by majority. And every city from sea to shining sea would have the same government that the majorities vote for in cities like Los Angeles and New York and Chicago or San Francisco. And the entire country would be in the same condition as these crime-ridden, drug-infested home for the homeless. Now, I'm sorry if that seems a little harsh, but I love these cities. And to see them being ridden into the ground is hard to stand by and just watch. You see, if we were a country ruled by majorities, these big cities would extend their way of life and political will to every city and every state. So we are not a democracy where majority rules, because as Ben Franklin so succinctly put it, a democracy is two wolves and one sheep voting on what to have for dinner. I'll admit to some, this may feel like splitting hairs, pointing out the difference between a democracy and the representative republic that we actually are. But that point is so salient when you're making the charge that someone is causing the collapse of our government. And coming correct on that first part will help you immensely on the second part. Because the second part is a little more difficult to nail down. See, it seems the entire country is perfectly split on the question as to who is a threat to democracy. Now, first, allow me a moment here to preface my take about polls before I go quoting one. I don't normally place even the lowest level of confidence in polling results. Because unless you read the actual text of the question being asked and know the makeup of the people being polled, well, the results are absolutely meaningless. The only poll that means anything is the one taken every four years when we all vote for a president. We all now know, beyond a question of a doubt and beyond debate, that this country is perfectly, evenly split between Democrats and Republicans. And that is the only poll you can trust. So when I quote a poll, it has to be so lopsided that even the question and the pollies doesn't matter. And when it comes to the question of who is a threat to democracy, well, this one's a bit off the charts. Now, I'm going to quote the more conservative of the polls that I read that asked the question, who is a threat to democracy, even though we're not a democracy, as I noted earlier, but I'll stick with this flawed language. It was a Quinnipiac poll in 2002 that showed 69% of Republicans believe that Democrats are the ones who are a direct threat to our democracy. And amazingly so, that very same poll had 69% of Democrats said that they believe it's Republicans who are the threat to democracy. And other polls had the split as high as 80% for each side. Which brings us to this second part. They both can't be right. I mean, these are diametrically opposed, immovable objects that are both pointing the same finger at the other side. And somebody has got to be 180 degrees wrong. I'm sure there's some nuance in there that should be taken into consideration. But the fundamental question of who is actually threatening democracy, I mean, our democracy in this country, this representative republic, this has very specific rules and, and dictates. So it should be pretty easy to read the rules and apply a pass or a fail grade on the activity of each side to see who actually is working in opposition to our national laws. Laws that are written in the Constitution, the same Constitution that both sides swear up and down to be upholding. I mean, I mean that seems like something we can all agree on, right? 
Yeah, right. Only in my most optimistic imagination. Because while all politicians claim to be doing what they're doing in the defense of the Constitution, well, they all don't act like it. And it should be pretty easy to read some of the legislation written by either side to make that determination. So we can get a clear picture of the scoreboard and telling points for those for and against our democracy. It should start with how do their actions stack up against the laws of our Constitution? And here comes my spoiler. It doesn't. Now, I'll get into some specifics here, but at the end of the discourse here, the direction of our country will be determined by the people in charge, regardless of passing constitutional muster. Uh, I can go all the way back to the establishment of the concept of a Social Security Administration, a massive overreach of government, the unconstitutionally of which will soon be realized, as an example of how the Constitution really doesn't matter. And you can also experience this by listening to my podcast called Immigration, where I describe the Sinsen Mazzoli Act of 1986, also known as the Amnesty Act, the last piece of legislation ever needed to effectively address the immigration question. It was the last piece of openly debated, well-thought-out, bipartisan legislation that I can never remember, and everyone's acting like it never happened. To this day, 30-plus years later, you still see politicians publicly scratching their head and wondering out loud what to do about the border when we all agreed what to do about the border way back in 1986. The deal was the Democrats got amnesty and the Republicans got law and order, but to this day, only one half of that legislation has ever been enacted. So when we talk about defending the Constitution as it pertains to who is this threat to democracy, there is always going to be a giant gray area that will shade any attempt at getting to a, a certain truth. Now, having said all that, I'm still going to try. I want to set the record straight. Well, as straight as I can, that is, and prove 69% of the people are wrong. Not that it will stop them from spewing their intellectually vapid talking points. They'll just continue to embarrass themselves by holding on to a position that holds no water. So let's start with the Democrats. What's their claim that Republicans are a threat to democracy? Now, I figure the New York Times is as good a source as you can get to get the Democrat position. After all, they haven't endorsed a Republican president for candidate since 1954, a stellar record of intellectual bias. Now, that same article published in September of 2022 that quoted the Quinnipiac poll had the first reason Republicans are a threat to democracy was displayed on January 6th, a day that will live in their infamy, by, quote, refusing to accept defeat in an election. They call it a, quote, growing trend among Republicans. Now, to me, or anyone with a functioning sense of honesty, the argument is absolutely laughable. I mean, you have to be forgetting your history, and I'm only talking about five years ago, since the last defeat of a Democrat presidential candidate to remember any of it. A candidate who then spent the next four years calling the Republican winner an illegitimate president. And how about the four years of everyone on that side calling his victory a result of Russian election rigging? Or the four years of trying to reverse that election by a democratically controlled Congress holding endless hearings about Russian interference only to find out they created it all on their own out of whole cloth. Or the four years of the defeated candidate crying on TV about the injustice of it all, full knowing how she and her party leaders fabricated every inch of it. Now, is that the growing trend of refusing to accept defeat in an election that the old gray lady speaks of? Or how about the Democratic gubernatorial candidate from Georgia spending the last five years crisscrossing the country telling us all how her defeat was a result of Republicans cheating? And the granddaddy of them all, the Democrats' eight-year mantra of selected, not elected, in refusing to accept the defeat of their patron saint, Al Gore, in the 2000 presidential election. 
they would be hard-pressed to find any example within the Republican Party to anything remotely equivalent to these nonstop onslaughts of election denial. And if you want to call a rabble of 300 out of a group of a half a million people present that day who decided to storm the House of the People, well, you got me there. If you want to call 300 ill-prepared, unorganized idiots running on pure adrenaline and outrage a legitimate insurrection, well, have at it. Because it's all you got, so you might as well make the most of it. Which the Democrats have done with this countless show trials that prohibited the presentation of any exculpatory evidence. So if you're looking for a real threat to democracy or a threat to the concept of the presumption of innocence, well, you will surely find it there, in the halls of Congress, on the left side of the aisle. So New York Times had a second reason why the Republicans are a threat to democracy. It's a claim that, quote, the power to set governmental policy is becoming increasingly disconnected from public opinion. Well, that's the composition of the Supreme Court that they cite as a cause, now that the conservative Republicans hold a majority. Now, this is the first time conservatives have held a majority in the Supreme Court since 1955. Now, New York Times seems to be asserting that there was no such governmental policy disconnection from public opinion for the last 75 years prior to 2021. I would contend that the reason why any Supreme Court, conservative or liberal, has any power is because the Congress has ceded them that authority with their unwillingness to take on any contentious questions before them, questions that should be legislated and not decided by the courts. See, Congress could and should determine these questions long before they go to the Supreme Court. But see, that would take bipartisan majorities, something that seems impossible in today's political climate. The big questions of the day were to be decided legislatively, democratically. They were not intended to fall to the courts for big decision making. And on this point, the real threat to democracy by far is a politically driven Congress who's timid and unwilling to go on record for anything for fear of losing votes. And for that, both parties get a check mark in the threat to democracy side of this ledger. And finally, the third reason the New York Times thinks Republicans are a real threat to democracy is because of, quote, the rise of authoritarian sentiment, or at least the acceptance of it. Authoritarian sentiment. I think they mean government and the rise and the people's acceptance of more government and that it has many causes. So, so claims the New York Times. They cite the, quote, slow-growing living standards, and the fear that white people have of the coming multiculturalism, the changes in religious beliefs and attitudes towards gender as the cause. Well, first of all, when you interject racism in any argument, it only serves to dilute your point. And multiculturalism, acceptance of people not like you, I mean, that's the greatest part of our history, that people from every part of the world, of every color and every creed, is part of what the United States has been since its inception. The great melting pot that is the very definition of our country. And now, all of a sudden, we're afraid of it? Come on, New York Times, you're just, just embarrassing yourself here. So anyway, let's move to the Republican side and let them take a turn to tell us why Democrats are the real threat to democracy. And on this point, I can go on for a solid hour. But I promise my listeners a 15-minute podcast for this different story. See, it's my opinion that if you can't make a convincing argument in 15 minutes or so, it's probably not a very good argument. This whole question of who is really a threat to democracy comes down to two words, limited government. There is nothing more constitutional than the concept of limited government. It's in all the writings and all the debates when this constitution was written, and it's second only to liberty as the foundations of our democracy. The entire design of this three-branch government with its co-equal powers was designed to limit government. 
And the Constitution would have never been ratified had it not been for the 10th and most important right in the Bill of Rights, which says that powers not delegated to a federal government in this Constitution are not subject to federal oversight. Limited government. It's the main reason why we have political gridlock. It's because of this firewall that is the crowning feature of our representative republic. And thank God for the genius that gave us that. Things move slow, and the parliamentary procedures in place are there for that very reason. And this is how our form of democracy works. Representatives from each state, popularly elected by the people of that state, they can go to Congress and vote on law, where the majority then rules. So if I were to stack Republicans against Democrats on the concept of limited government, which side would you say promotes more government and which side stands against the growth of government? Now, if you have only been slightly coherent during these most contentious years, you will be clear on that point. But if not, I will give you one example that pretty much says it all, and it's all you need to know. See, Republicans are primarily known for wanting to cut taxes. Cutting taxes is limiting government. And whenever that call is made to cut taxes, any taxes, or, or make any attempt to reduce the size of government, it is the Democrats who stand in opposition to that. And they do so in complete unison. Now, to me, that's game over. And I have a ton more examples. But the basic concept of democracy, as it's constituted in this country, is less government, more freedoms. Less taxes, less restrictions, and less regulation imposed by government. And that is the first and most relevant plank of the Republican Party. Always has been, and I hope always will be. I would conclude, then, that if there are any real threats to our democracy... Well, it will come from those who wish to impose more government, uh, higher taxes, greater regulation, and more restrictions. To me, any liberal thinking person who will admit to it, well, is that they want more government to regulate the rules to make sure everyone sees the world as they do. It's a concept known as socialism. It's in direct conflict to democracy. It's a concept that the government knows what's best for you better than you do. See, we're smarter and more enlightened, and our intentions are pure. But if you don't see the world as we do, well, we will use any means necessary to discredit or shame you or otherwise harass you to succumb to our way of thinking. And there are no positions too extreme or unconstitutional to get in the way of our enforcing our progressive educated thinking. Because, hey, man, it's for your own good. So tell me, which of the two political parties wish to impose more government oversight of your life for your own good? Which political party is the home to self-proclaimed socialist Democrats? And which party writes and promotes legislation to reconstitute the basic principles of this representative republic as it was originally constituted? You can forget about all the other stuff, like giving teachers greater authority over your children by restricting your say in any matters educational, or not providing secure borders as specifically written in the Constitution or allowing criminal behavior to increase by raising the threshold for punishment and promoting no-cash-bail policies to allow open-air drug use without consideration for local residents, all in the name of compassion and progressive thinking. If democracy is threatened, it will come from those who wish to reconfigure the basic fundamentals of our Bill of Rights. And those who claim to uphold its principles and yet actively seek to change them, well, they are demonstrably the greatest threat to our democracy, and they should be acknowledged as such. So don't tell me it's Republicans who are a threat to this democracy. It's so clear the Democrats who wish to grow government in direct conflict with the intentions of this Constitution and its overriding principle of limited government. Now, I'm not in favor of either of these political parties, quite frankly. 
They're two packs of political dogs who are only trying to hold on to their positions without regard for the betterment of our nation. That's why we all don't get along. It's not that we are people in perpetual opposition to each other. It's just that we allow ourselves to be used as tools by these politicians who know which emotional strings to pull to keep us fighting amongst ourselves. And we so easily let them do it without calling out the bullshit. We willingly ignore the preposterous of it all for fear of giving in or showing weakness to the opposition. And here's a different story. There is no opposition. It's just you and me, a couple of Americans with differing points of view, all trying to accomplish the same thing, and that is living in freedom. The dream of living a life free of government-imposed taxes and restrictions. A dream of unfettered access to opportunity without someone determining my lifestyle. I don't care who you voted for in the last election. We both want liberty, and we both want freedom. And the only way to get that is by enforcing this constitutional concept of limiting government, and to not allow the exact opposite of that to happen. And that's why I vote Republican more than any other reason. It's the only party standing in the way of Democrats' nonstop train of growing government. And I'm not wed to every position of the Republican Party any more than the average Democrat is in lockstep with its party's positions. And I really hate to sound like a partisan here. And if you've ever heard any of my previous podcasts, you know I try to step away from being that rigid ideologue. But to the question of which party is actually the threat to democracy, well, I must take sides. Because the transformation of this representative republic to a more socialist or communal form of governing by increasing its size and reach, well, that will be our downfall. Democrats support it. Republicans want to stop it. It's really just that simple. This is Eric Corey.